please be advised. We will be discussing subjects that may not be suitable for all audiences, and will include subjects that some will find challenging, traumatic, or triggering. Welcome to You Don't Fight Alone, a podcast sharing the stories of those of us successfully living with mental illness and how we got here. So when it happened the first time, it was, um, I was financially stable. I was coming out of a corporate job that was making nearly six figures. And, and so I was, oh, I didn't have this sense of, um, uh, like failure or, I mean, I, my relationship was dragging me down at the time. Um, and it's a very stressful job, by the way, working in property management, regardless of how much money you make. It's kids. If you're in, if you're bartender or a server and you think that, Oh, I'll go into property management because fuck serving drinks. This place is terrible. Don't. It is, <laughs> it is torture. Don't do it. It's really bad. Anyway. So, the <laughs> so this last one that happened, I actually had recently purchased a bar. Um, earlier, uh, or I guess mid to late last year, I purchased a bar with a few friends. Um, and I was once again in a very similar stress state of sleep deprived. I was sleeping at the bar that we bought, um, working 18 plus hour days, making very little money. So now I have financial stress on top of it. Um, sleep again, sleep. And then I, I also had relationship issues at the time too, which was primarily driven by overwork, underslept. It's, this is all this vicious fucking cycle that is life, I guess. Um, and I would, I would say that that, uh, would be rock bottom for me because I ended up getting bought out. I asked for a buyout eventually. Uh, my, my partners were, we didn't see eye to eye. And so I went through this. It was another time where I had to call an ambulance. I was actually at um, a local bar, and I I looked at the bartender. It was during lunch. I'm just sitting there, and I was like, it had been actually culminating over a few days. I was feeling it. I was like, oh, man, I haven't felt this in years. What's going on? I know what's going on. Shit. And I'm sitting there at this bar, and, this, and the bartender's going he's like yeah right, man i was like uh i'm gonna be honest um i've had 911 dialed in my phone for the last 30 seconds i think i'm gonna call them because i don't know if it's a panic attack or a heart attack man i don't know what's going on i think i know what's going on but also in the back of my head i'm sitting there going cool well i can at least call them out and know that they can check me out i know i can do that and so I did it as embarrassing as it was that this is like the bar that is two blocks from the bar that I just bought with two friends. And I've been there every day and I'm making friends with these people. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to have to, yes, the, they're all going to come in here and they're going to come sit down and then it's going to be a scene, but I don't care because I don't know what's going on. And so that, I think that was um, 
that and then I think after that the getting bought out from the bar. My name is Steven. Anxiety is my diagnosis. Uh, it was kind of weird because um, I never really experienced any I, what I, I at least I thought that I w had never experienced any real mental disorders. In fact, coming from East Texas, where everything is very sheltered, um, people really didn't talk about these types of issues. It was usually something along the lines of, "Well, if if you're just not if you're not happy, you're just a pussy. Get like feel better." And um, and that's actually how I kind of went about life up until about uh, five, six years ago. And I was working uh, property management, very stressful. I had a stressful relationship going on and I was drinking a lot. Substance abuse was happening and um, lack of sleep. And then one day I like it just physically manifested into a full blown panic attack. Um, and that's when I was like, okay, either I have, I'm having a heart attack <laughs> or something else underlying is going on. Um, and that, that's when I realized that I, I think there's, well, through talking to people, obviously, um, is when I realized it, w it wasn't something that is just, okay, I need to feel better or stop overthinking, you idiot. You know, just go about your life. And then I was like, oh, <laughs> I can't really control this. Um, so, yeah, that's how, that's how that started. I can describe what a panic attack for me feels like. Um, and I think that it's very different for a lot of people, just like, uh, I, and this is one of the things that I, we can get into a little bit later. But for me, it was, um, so when this happened, I actually was, come, I, I, I was in the office working and I lived on site. So I started to feel like this rush was coming up and it, and then it kind of subsided and then it like came up a little bit more. And by that, for people that can't see what I'm describing, um, it's, it literally feels like it's coming from like my, my sternum and then is rushing up through my chest and then into my throat. And, but it just started pulsating. So I left, I actually left the office, went home and I took two shots of tequila. On, on the clock because I, I that was the only way I knew to calm myself down. I'm not I was I'm not medicated. I don't take medication at least at the time. So I didn't really know what to do. And then as I was walking back, it just it, I almost I started hyperventilating. I was breathing very heavily and rapidly, um, and almost fainted twice. Um, and that and that was that was my panic attack. You know, it was I, I, I was scared, but it wasn't like something in life was scaring me. It was a physical manifestation of my mental state that is subconscious and um, called the ambulance. The ambulance came out um, and it was really, it was a really cool situation. Uh, they calmed me down. I got to sit in there. They ran some tests because I was like, I might be having a heart attack. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> and they're like, well, we've actually felt the same way. Your shit looks good, man. You're probably okay. Go just take the day off. Maybe take another shot, have a beer, and then if, if you, we're not charging you for this, which I don't know if you guys know this. Um, yeah, so I don't know if this is the case. To, I mean, I know as of, because I had a, another one six, well, three, four months ago. Um, for everybody listening, if you call an ambulance and you actually don't go see the doctor, you do not get charged. 
So they will come out and they will assess your situation. They will always recommend that you see the doctor. But as far as I'm aware, still, you're good. So don't be afraid to call just to have them come out and talk to you at the very least. It was the most, I guess, eye-opening experience that I've really ever had. Um, and as, as far as really changing the paradigm, or I guess, I guess like my, um, what word am I looking for? Um, my outlook on this entire mental health situation that's happening throughout I'm assuming the world, but obviously I'm in America, so. Uh, <laughs> but I, it, 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 it was just very eye-opening, I guess. Um, and so, yeah, that was about four or five years ago. I was 28, 29. And then, um, yeah, man, I, uh, I ended up going to, um, well, before I went to go see a practitioner, I actually asked my coworker the next day because I still had so that next day I was like I was curled up on the couch couldn't go to work I'm like I don't know what the fuck is going on here this is odd to me I don't feel right and I kept denying it at first I was like there's no way that this is just in my head that's causing these physical attributes or you know manifestations and I just kept denying it and I talked to my coworker she's like listen come grab a clonopin because she has high anxiety and she's prescribed it. I don't recommend anybody doing this, obviously. <laughs> um, but I took a quarter of one little pill and then I was like 30 minutes later, like, I'm going to go play pool. This is what I love to do. I love pool. And I was, I was fine. I was like, okay, maybe, maybe I do need to go see somebody now. Maybe it's, it is more than just not, you know, stop, stop worrying about things. Um, and I went and saw, uh, I went to urgent care actually, cause I didn't have a general practitioner at the time. And, um, I started telling him what I just told you guys. And before I could tell him that I took a pill from a friend of mine, he stopped me and he had already written on the pad in all caps, Klonopin. And I was like, all right, this, this is a real, okay, this is, this is real. This is a real thing. <laughs> And it, man, it, and then like this whole journey through this. And then I went and saw, I actually got a general practitioner, talked to her. She talked to me about ways that, first of all, she's like, stop taking Klonopin. <laughs> if you, you, that's, you don't need that. You had a panic attack, probably came from a lot of anxiety. You, you seem fine. It sounds like this is something that there are triggers in your life that are happening they're causing these things. So I would suggest getting therapy, counselor, maybe psychiatrist. Um, but I'm going to give you another prescription that's way less harsh. Uh, and, uh, and she did. And I actually, I never, I never really used any of it again. I mean, I did. Um, I gave some away, you know, for friends that were going to fly on a plane. I don't know. I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about this right now or whatever, but, um, I mean, I personally was like, hey, I'll take one of these. This will be great. I'll be able to go to sleep and have a couple beers, even though that guy told me not to do that. Cause you might not wake up, but, um, yeah, that's the, that, that's, that's yeah. 2000. Jeez. Well, yeah. 2015 ish. That was my 
head just dive into the pool of what the fuck is mental health because now it's here on my doorstep (laughs) i didn't run into any other episodes for years um in fact and i my gp told me to that at the very least i can keep you know, one of those pills in my pocket, that might be just enough subconsciously to keep that next episode from coming about. I didn't, I I wasn't thinking about it, but sometimes I'd be like, man, I feel a little, just a little bit, like something small, like, man, I'm, I'm starting to get over, I'm overthinking. I do get ADD sometimes. And then all of a sudden, and then I'm like, oh, well, I'll be okay. Cause I got that little guy in my pocket. I never thought that that would be a thing. But she brought it up and I was like, okay. And so I never actually did uh, follow up with any um, counseling or, or a psychiatrist or anything. I just, I, I didn't ever have any issues again. I mean, I dealt with my own anxiety on a very low level. Um, but that's, I think that's everyday stress living in our over-informed environment that we live in these days. First of all, it feels like I do want to go crawl into a corner and say, fuck this, I don't want to deal with it. It, it, That's my first thought, is I just want this not to be happening at all. And the only thing that, to be completely honest, that I know I can do about it is either self-medicate or go medicate. And I don't, I would rather do this because this makes me feel, this being alcohol makes me feel a lot better than um, uh, taking benzos or, or something along the lines of that. I think that, you know, you pick your poison. Um, I picked mine, but I, I kind of get to that point. I, I just, I'm very overly optimistic, almost to a fault. And, and actually it is to a fault. My family's told me this multiple times. I mean, I, I, when, when I, when I've explained my situation to friends and family over, um, I mean, I lost family members and friends and, and I explained to them and I'm just like, no, it's fine. And, and they're just like, you're depressed. It's okay. And I was like, no, I'm good guys. I'm fucking great. It'll be fine. It'll pass. And I, I don't think I've ever really experienced, maybe I've experienced true depression once when my grandfather passed, but I mean, I'm at a, I've, I've been at a pretty low point after getting bought out from a bar and I'm still just like, that's ah, cool. I'll figure it out. In fact, whenever we bought that bar, they wanted to put a tip jar out for every time that I said, ah, we'll figure it out. Because I just, I, I just, that's, I don't know. My dad and my stepdad are both entrepreneurs. And being somebody that is ambitious and optimistic and entrepreneurial, it you kind of have to have that mentality. And so... I've always, that's always resonated. And maybe that's why this all, why it all started when I was like, what is this anxiety thing that's happening to me? There's no way I can get over it. Don't be a fucking pussy. It'll be fine. Oh yeah, that's right. Cause it's not, it, it, it's, it's, that's not what it is. Um, so I guess to say, um, to answer your question is that I, I just, uh, I just accept it, you know, 
when it starts to happen and I start to feel that way, I accept it and I don't fight it. I mean, I do want to, I want to fight it, but I know that the only way to get through it is to do things proactively um, and understanding what's caught, what's, what might be the underlying cause. Like in my, in my cases, I figured out what they were, lack of sleep, high stress environments. That was, and, and also, um, substance abuse, you know, and, and I mean, it's, that's not just alcohol. There was, there were other substances as well. Cocaine was involved, Adderall, stuff like that, um, that was causing a lot of anxiety that I didn't think was, you know, it's not like I woke up and was like, Oh, this made me feel this way. It's just something that just happens, you know? The way it kind of started for me, um, and I might be repeating myself from uh, previous stories, but um, it it really was it was that point where one I realized that this is not something that is hey again you're a pussy just get over it. It's like okay, this is something that is physically driven and or um, it, it's not psychosomatic, you know, this is, it's a real thing. And when I realized that, and then realized that I could find ways to play pool, um, and do the things that reduce the stress and then sleep more. Hey, all right. I went on a bender. I need to calm that down. Cause I know that if I don't, I'm probably, and I don't sleep enough. It, 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 I guess it would be the direct answer and the short answer of that or the long and the short, as my friend says all the time, um, is that it's just being self-aware. Um, because I don't, I, I, I don't medicate. So, um, it's just knowing that when I'm coming up on something or knowing when it's happening to be okay, this is happening and it's okay. I'm going to get through it. And this, and I know the ways to get through it. It might not be an immediate fix, you know, it might be a week long thing. I mean, again, this is my two major episodes happened four years apart, five years apart, whatever it was. Um, but it's recognizing that I am maybe coming upon something and that I need to really focus on, all right, step back a little bit from, from the juice, you know? play a little bit more pool bro but you don't have to get drunk every night when you play pool you know play it during the day listen i don't it, i definitely don't think it's a fucking superpower but i also realize that not everybody might have i here's yes what i do is i try to in in most aspects of my life i try to step back and look at everything objectively um especially if i feel like things aren't going right right whether that's I feel sad or it's a relationship or it is anxiety starting to build up. I try to just jump almost like jumping out of my body and just step back and go, all right, come on, man, take your ego out of this. Like you are biased. I mean, we're, we are all very biased towards our own selves. Obviously. I mean, that's an unspoken rule. Uh, and so I, I try to go back and go, all right, dude, that was really dumb. Maybe you shouldn't have done that, you dumbass. <laughs> and I kind of criticize myself. Now, I know that that's probably not best for everybody. 
Um, I personally am okay with going, dude, can't do that. Gotta stop. Or, hey, also objectively, you did really great here um, build to build me up. And that kind of falls back into this other vertical of creativity. It's like, I can, hey, you did really great here, man. Like, but maybe you shouldn't have uh, yelled at your girlfriend a little bit there, even though she was being a cunt. You know, it, it just, it's the way, it's, sorry if I'm, yeah, whatever. Anyway, that's me. But I mean, that is, that is, that's how I do it. Is I, I literally try to remove myself from, from whenever I start to realize that shit, this is happening or I'm like, I'm, this, maybe I'm being, being self-destructive and I'm, and I'm trying to set myself apart because it is very, very difficult to be self-critical and, um, I don't like it, but I do realize that I have to do it. Um, for the sake of my own mental health. If I could time travel, which I think is real, um, I would go back and be like, hey, dude, um, it's, the shit is not what you think it is. And you're going to fuck up. And you're going to realize in the future that this is not something about just being a pussy. I keep saying that, but it's because that's literally what I grew up on. Of, Because I, I was very optimistic, and I thought things were going to work. And even when things were down and out, I was just like, it's going to be fine. We got this. I'm Superman or something, you know? And I would go to that person and say, dude, don't judge those other people, man. Listen to them. I always did. But I would still go back to me and say, you know, all those people that, that were having issues instead of judging them internally i never really did out outwardly i was i was always the uh the psychologist in the group and i would talk but really i just listened um never judged but in in here i did when i was younger and i would go back to younger me and say dude yeah know you're trying to help and you did a good thing but you don't understand because you haven't been there and i think that it's really hard to put yourself in somebody else's shoes if you haven't been through that and it's and i did and then it was like fuck got it so that's what i would tell me i think <laughs> i don't know i i do have an internal dialogue i have and depending on what it is i'll start playing out i do weird shit and this also plays into my anxiety now that we're getting kind of back into this is that especially when I don't have headphones on and I'm not preoccupied, I start playing out scenarios in my head um, of this is when my anxiety is starting to peak, by the way, um, of what could potentially happen and what I could do to get out of those and not die. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll walk down the street next to a tall building and I honestly, I don't freak out, but I'm like, all right, shit, do I stand closer to the building or like near the sidewalk in case somebody jumps and then they hit me? Like, where do they fall? What's the trajectory? I literally think that. And I thought that I was, I thought that was just me <laughs> forever until I had a conversation with my buddy, uh, with not weak to speak, uh, that, 
And it turns out that I guess I'm not alone. Um, it, and I laugh at it, but I do the same. It's like uh, I'll stand at a street corner and I'll stand right next to the light post, the fucking the giant still thing if I'm walking. Because, again, I walk a lot. And I, I will stand right next to it so that if if somebody blows a fucking tire, and maybe the street post will fucking <laughs> protect me. Right? So, like, I literally am going through scenarios in my head all the time. All the time. And it's self, it is self-talk. It's, it's inner dialogue. It, and so it's very interesting that you can have this very 3D image of, of things because mine is what I was saying earlier about I, I randomly thought about this person that I said something to. And it came back, and I was like, Oh man, that made me feel bad. And I was like, "Oh, it's okay, man. Like you did some of the really great things, even though they probably they said they forgive you." But uh, I mean, it's all good. And that that literally is my thought process. It's like that, and I still feel bad. And why the fuck does it keep coming up? I I would probably say at first. Do a little fucking research. Um, get out of your own little bubble, boomer. You know, like, let's be honest. I mean, there's so much stigma that is associated with that part, especially the older community that don't quite get it. And whether that, I mean, they have their own mental health issues. Um, I can't touch on that because I don't, I mean, I'm getting there, man. We am, I am getting there, but, um, I would say, um, do a little research, you know, um, before you start actually talking to people because it, it can be, it can be really difficult. Like, again, you asked me before, what would you say to my, what would I say to my younger self? If I could go back in time, it would be, Hey dude, um, it's more than being a pussy, you know? And I feel like if I were to go to East Texas right now and talk to these sheltered, somewhat conservative, but not, well, very, very conservative, sorry, somewhat religious um, uh, people that are that don't fucking understand how the rest of the world works, and you were to say, hey, um, I'm anxious, or I have anxiety, man. And they'd be like, well, you need to grow the fuck up, son. We got an oil rig to work on. That, that they, they're not, That's not going to compute. And if that, if that dad was like, hey, I, how do I talk to my son who says that he's anxious? He's going to say the same shit. So I would say do a little bit of research. You know, I mean, I don't know what, where you're going to find those exactly, but it's got to be something online that you can find that, just it, it i don't know i think i think everybody's individual path to be honest uh it depends on your geographical geographical location uh geopolo- geopolitical um, socioeconomical position like th- i think there's a lot and so while that's i understand where the question's coming from i think that there is a lot more to that assuming that a person like that most likely would be somebody that's older uh, a little bit older um, would have that viewpoint. I would say 
Yeah, um, did your mom remember the last time that she saw you? Do you think that she just was being a pussy? Because that's a mental health issue too, all right? Alzheimer's is a thing, and it, 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 that, that's, I literally would say that. I mean, you, you just, I've never thought about that, but that's what I would say. You know, listen, man, it's, this is, they're different spec sides of the spectrum to this whole thing it, it's it's within the same but there are just so many different ways and you're you're looking at it through one fucking rosy colored glass lens that is so that and but that's okay because it's your mom but you know but i can't like you're gonna tell me that i can control it but your mom can't get the fuck out of here i would that's exactly what i would tell him and, and, and a lot of times, it, like I dealt with racism and bigotry and stigma in general. And it is, a lot of times it is, a, it's a fucking, it's a jolt that it needs to be administered, you know, not physically, obviously. I mean, maybe sometimes, but, um, but like it, it needs to be. Hey, dude, shut the fuck up. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. And then, hey, I love you. Check this shit out. If you can read. If you can't tell, I really care about the community. Um, I don't know, man. I, I think that my, my biggest thing, and especially with Not Weak to Speak, is that I that whole program that we're trying to build right now all came from a friend of mine who randomly opened up to me saying that he had mental health issues and and I was like dude I've known you since high school and this was three years ago that he told me this and I was like I didn't know everybody else had this, the thoughts about like walking down the street and like maybe a person or or a, an AC falls on your head in New York whatever it is um, he's like yeah dude I've had a panic attack on an airplane it's the worst. It's like I can't imagine. So that's where this came from is and I and I think that listen, talking about it will never fix it will never fix it. But what it will do, I think, will help you manage it. And it'll give somebody else a chance to possibly talk to you about their issues and you might save a life just by talking. And I think that that's powerful. And I think that that's pretty much what I, that's what I'm trying to do with Not Weak to Speak. For more information, please visit youdon'tfightalone.org. The You Don't Fight Alone podcast is a production of You Don't Fight Alone Incorporated, produced and engineered by James Fisher and Keaton Lycom. The information presented by You Don't Fight Alone is not intended as medical advice. If you have mental health questions, please talk to a mental health professional.